0: visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com. Email him at csawyer any maccom or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345. Corporate NMLS number 338923. Annie Mac Home Mortgage is Equal Housing Lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC. DBA, Annie Mac Home Mortgage. lo Direct. Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent. License Lender Broker Number, ML338923. Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC338923. Rhode Island License Lender. License Number, 20112810L. Call for additional details. Welcome to Following Flames. This is episode number two. I am Joe McGuire and he is Robbie McCluskey. Hi. Robbie is here and he's wearing a headband. He looks great.
1: Um not not for style. I'd like to clarify that it's extremely humid and I can't have fans running in here. So you know it's all necessity-based.
0: Yeah, well, think about how uh, ancient humans would have survived a day like today, just yeah. out, just out there, uh, sweating bullets.
1: Yes, well, admittedly, people have been able to deal with that in much better ways than I am. I'm wearing heavy cotton and just not. I'm I'm doing one ounce of preparation up here and ninety nine percent of ignoring the rest of the problem down here. Which so, seems to be pretty par for the course in America. So it, it really is. Now, uh,
0: the January sixth show started last night on cable television. It's pretty fascinating. And I, I was talking to some people this morning, Robbie, who were like, Why do we even care about January sixth? And I said, Look, I there's a number of reasons. Okay. I don't know how you felt on January sixth when that was happening in 2020 or 2021. It was not a good look. I it, remember it, it,
1: exactly how I felt. I remember exactly where I was because I thought it was a huge event that was going on.
0: It was the worst thing I've ever seen, and I, I'm, I, you know, I majored in history in college. I've I've always been very uh, historically and politically inclined my entire life. I watched the Iran Contra hearings in 1986, all of them. Mm-hmm. It preempted my soap operas, so I really had no choice but to watch it. But I've always been into this kind of stuff. This mm-hmm. is this is
1: potentially the worst thing that's ever happened to America. And it's for for better or for worse, it's honestly, in my opinion, one of the biggest uh, missed opportunities as far as if you actually end up storming through the doors into a massive government facility. Uh, w- w- just to clarify that when it happened, I was watching it unfold live at, in the middle of my work day, watching it unfold, and I'm seeing people all over the halls and the different rooms in this building. And everyone's saying, you know, they didn't even they didn't even get inside the Capitol building uh, during the Civil War. But I'm seeing these people and all they're doing is like a lot of them taking photos, just screaming, just being like, we did it. And I'm thinking if these are actually like planning, if this was an actual like planned out terrorist organization and they were in there, they wouldn't be wasting time sitting around or like being like, oh, look at this room. We got into this room or this is Pelosi's office. Let's take some let's take some stuff like It seemed like the only plan was storm it. And then after that, they were just like, oh, we did it. Now, what do we do? I'm glad
0: you brought that up, because as they laid it out last night, there is a seven part plan instituted by the Trump campaign, by the Trump team. Mm -hmm. Okay, one of those and Steve Bannon has already admitted it was what they called the Green Bay Sweep, where they were going to try to take basically rogue electors from the states that they questioned and they were going to bring in Trump loyalists who would cast electoral votes for Trump instead of Biden, as they were required to do. Of course. Yep. Mike Pence reached out to a good friend of his, a constitutional attorney who looked into it and was like, that is highly illegal and won't stand up. Don't please don't do that. And that's when Pence told Trump he wasn't going to do it. So we go into January 6th knowing mike pence isn't going to do that and so there's these other elements of the plan the one you're talking about where just random people are walking through the halls of the capitol that wasn't part of the plan mm-hmm. i think that was just something that materialized because so many people were there
1: yeah yeah um it's, it, it, well i mean obviously like the people that seem to understand this, like the severity of the situation were the capital police, as well as, I mean, the, 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 the more central police guarding the inner uh, chambers, like they obviously had plans for something like this, but when people, it, it seems like there was no understanding of how far things were actually going, even for the people that were taking things that far. And that's what blew my mind. That was just, it's it's like going into something without thinking, and then when you get to that point, that's when the thinking would come in, and then it just never happened. So they they almost just hit a wall that they built themselves. Make no mistake that this this is a production that
0: the Democrats are putting on. They literally hired an ABC producer to help them put this together. Now, The reason they did this is they feel like this is important and they really want people to firmly grasp what happened. Mm -hmm. They're laying out the fact isn't some partisan smear campaign. This is just a laying out of the facts. And so I have some clips here. We're going to play some. We're going to listen to it. We're going to react and talk about it. Great. And uh, we'll see. We'll see where we're at with that. But this is Bernie Thompson. This is part of his opening statement.
2: Donald Trump lost the presidential election in 2020. The American people voted him out of office. It was not because of a rigged system. It was not because of voter fraud. Don't believe me? Hear what his former attorney general had to say about it. I made it clear I did not agree with the idea of saying the election was stolen and putting out this stuff, which I told the president was bullshit.
0: And, uh, you know, I didn't want to be a part of it, and that's one of the reasons that went into me deciding to leave when I did. I observed, uh, I think it was on December 1st, that, you know, how can we, you can't live in a world
2: where, where the incumbent administration stays in power based on its view, unsupported by specific evidence, that the election, that there was fraud in the election. Bill Barr on election day 2020, He was the Attorney General of the United States, the top law enforcement official in the country, telling the President exactly what he thought about claims of a stolen election. Donald Trump was at the center of this conspiracy. And ultimately, Donald Trump, the President of the United States, spurred a mob of domestic enemies of the Constitution to march down the Capitol and subvert American democracy. January 6th was the culmination of an attempted coup, a brazen attempt, as one rioter put it shortly after January 6th, to overthrow the government. The violence was no accident. It represents Senate Trump's last stand, most desperate chance to halt the transfer of power.
0: Now, Robbie, let me tell you what the interesting thing that they're trying to establish with this is that Trump knew full well because all of his advisors told him he lost and mm-hmm. there was no evidence of fraud. And so they're trying to lay the groundwork that the people are Ivanka and people around him knew that he lost and there was there was no chance of this thing being overturned, honestly,
1: short of a coup. Mhm. Even even based off of just uh recounts of kind of closer state elections, all of them were either tossed out or um actually expanded the lead for Biden a lot of the times after the recount. So it, it's it, it to me it seemed extremely polarizing. I mean, a lot of this time th- there's very little that Trump's uh party or team wouldn't back him on and in this circumstance where you're actually starting to see people like, uh, like, Ban- or uh, uh, William Barr coming out and saying, like, hey, I, I, I'm and I'm paraphrasing, and th- this is more how it, it appears to me. It's like, hey, we've like pushed the envelope a number of times, but like, this one is like, I we might be good, but we're not this good. Um, especially when you've got an entire country literally with their eyes on this as it being one of the most controversial, contentious, and I'd like to say game changing elections, but when it's Biden versus Trump, as far as the personalities themselves or like their effectiveness in office, I don't think it's just a massive switch, but as far as the precedent that it sends, uh, sends it is one of the most historic, especially in modern times, historic elections. And I think that's partially going into why it's becoming such a, a, a almost professionally produced production for the case it's not just being like thrown on c-span but um and this is something that a lot of uh republicans especially like on fox news um i've seen them saying like oh this is becoming like a hollywood production or something and I, i can understand why that might be a turnoff almost like hey let's let's capitalize on this and let's let's use everything we can and it might get that almost like celebrity tabloid type of treatment but i mean historically we haven't really had a lot of things like this we haven't had anything this severe to deal with i mean i wasn't here during the nixon time when that was just similarly him trying to circumvent the laws to win the presidency um so I, 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 I don't know what an appropriate way would have been to have produced this, but um, a lot of comparisons are being made to, oh, uh, like, this riot on the Capitol happens and people get arrested all uh, like all over the place and everyone they're reaching out for every like chain link connection. Whereas, you know, riots in other areas, like buildings are burnt down and everything and people's livelihoods are destroyed, but there aren't really any arrests. And the Democrats are saying, go for, go for that. Um, I'd like to also point out that this is a, that that's, uh, what is it? A municipal issue in that location, as opposed to like an actual federal government building. So, and the Capitol where there's active sessions of Congress taking place, uh, was it, was it the Congress or the Senate in session at the time? Um, both. Well, okay. So, and so there's got, it has a much higher level of, uh, impact than just a regular riot. No, like I'm not justifying riots or anything, but the severity there's gotta be a clear message. Um, if, if this happened on either side, a clear message has to be sent. Like, like this country is built of the people, but it's also like the government needs to be protected just because it's a people's country doesn't mean that like the government, all the government buildings are open doors or everything. It's it's it has to be heavily guarded, which actually brings an interesting point that I've uh, uh, I uh, I've seen on Fox News recently. I don't typically watch Fox News. I just like to preface that, but uh, I've, I'm staying with someone who has it on a lot of the time, so I hear it in the background. How um, and maybe you can add some input on this. It was Pelosi's call to deploy the National Guard. Is is that an, an issue that was talked about during? Six, because I thought I, I, I when it was happening, they were also saying that Trump wasn't deploying the National Guard. And then now they're saying it was Pelosi's call. And I'm just like, do well, they both Pelosi, have power? Right. Pelosi was in the thick of it and her life was being threatened.
0: So why would Nancy Pelosi have not wanted the National Guard called in? Mike Pence ended up doing it, actually, while yeah. he was also running for his life. Mm-hmm. I've got a clip of that that will play a little bit later on. Uh, that's a false narrative about Trump. Um, Trump was offered all sorts of law enforcement to be there that day, and he refused all of it. And mm-hmm. that's gonna that also will be part of this. I'll also point out, you mentioned Fox News. Fox News aired Hannity and Carlson, Tucker Carlson in their entirety with no commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. in fear that their that their listeners might actually have flipped the station. To see the coverage they actually gave up millions of dollars in revenue last night because they didn't want their audience to see what was actually happening. To your other point, why have there not been arrests in the riots after George Floyd's murder? I hear people bring that up all the time. There's been 604 arrests, including the guy uh, who's already been sentenced to 41 months in jail for arson for burning down that police substation. So there have been. It just hasn't been greatly covered. Mm-hmm. And the other big talking point on Fox, which I thought was super interesting, was they were talking. Why why aren't they holding hearings on the high inflation? As if to suggest that instead of this, the, the seven uh, Democrats that are on the committee uh, should be working on inflation. I'm sure they are. I mean, what a ridiculous, ridiculous notion, uh, honestly. And and again, just um, uh, intellectually dishonest. I mean, it it just is, right? So and it, it,
1: it's usually on. Uh, so uh, I, I, we're probably harping on Fox News quite a bit. I I personally don't watch. Any real cable news, I get my sources from like AP, Reuters, uh, Politi, Politifactor, Politico, like fact check stuff like that. that. That's where I find a lot of stuff, especially because they usually wait to get the facts together before putting out like timely news right as it happens, um, which I appreciate. But, um, uh, Fox was, uh, oh, God, so they were talking about, um, issues related to different areas that were getting, um, like n- not being treated the same way. And one thing that they kept talking about was uh, Chuck Schumer saying, you know, like regarding like protesting outside um, uh, Supreme court justice's house, which is uh, as they reported against the law, I I would assume that's correct if they're saying it so much as a bl- blanket statement. But I, I also want to say that like, if that's the case, I don't agree with that move as well because like, I mean, there's a lot of contradicting things that people push just based on the way they're positioned on both sides. But. um, I think in in this case, it's just so much more severe as far as just the direct um, uh, like view that needs to be had, like we need to be if Fox News isn't reporting this or isn't showing it, then that's a clear message that they're filtering out certain aspects of American history uh, either based on their own, like you said, they're losing a lot of money in this. So, and money is king. So I, I'd be kind of skeptical to be like, okay, where is the money going? Or what? how, like, how is this benefiting them? Because um, people probably want to, even for the interests of like people watching Fox news, want to see those just to just so they can pick and choose what the Democrats are doing wrong. Um, and uh, probably further the, the, the justification for maybe a higher level of Republican presence in those committees. Um, because people are always saying that there's seven Democrats and two Republicans, both of which were picked by Pelosi. But when you see the uh, candidates that were thrown in the mix from the Republican side, I believe it was originally supposed to be, um, uh, what was it? Uh, eight and then five or so five. Well, they got five suggestions and a lot of them, it was, it would have just been a conflict of interest because people, it was people that voted to overturn the election. Jim
0: Jordan, who has been subpoenaed in the case was one of the Republicans who was offered up to this committee just Mm -hmm. to show you what a joke the Republicans think it is. Now, Liz Cheney, on the other hand, the one person who's got convictions and morals in the Republican party is gonna be primaried out of her job this August. That's just well, about a given.
1: Well, usually doing the humane or moral thing in politics is is a career suicide move. So that's it is. that's kind of generally understood. But
0: that said, here's Liz Cheney, co-chair of the January Sixth Committee in her opening statement.
3: As you hear this, all Americans should keep in fact in mind this fact. On the morning of January 6th, President Donald Trump's intention was to remain President of the United States, despite the lawful outcome of the 2020 election and in violation of his constitutional obligation to relinquish power. Over multiple months, Donald Trump oversaw and coordinated a sophisticated seven-part plan to overturn the presidential election And prevent the transfer of presidential power.
0: And bam, that's what I'm talking about. The seven-part plan. So there was the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. There was the the Green Bay sweep by Steve Bannon and apparently five other elements to the plan. Which is absolutely mind-blowing. And we're going to, you know, we've heard some of this stuff. We're going to hear all of it. And here's what I would say to anybody who's like, ah, Imagine if Obama had done this in 2016. Imagine if he decided, ah, I don't know. I don't like Trump. I'm just going to stay in office. We would have collectively lost our minds
1: because uh, that's not how this works. I uh, like this job and I uh, would, like to, <laughs> would like to stay in power uh, for the American people.
0: You know, it's funny. That's a great impression, by the way. Um I remember they brought up in the middle of his second term and it was going well. They asked him about a third term. And I remember with Bill Clinton in the middle of his second term, after having trounced the Republicans, Bob Dolan, that election, the, the the talk always happens about, would you consider a third term? And it's like, well, I can't, but thanks for asking. Usually uh, you, you are only asked about going over the limit or, or it, it, you know, when you're doing well. And I here's the thing about Donald Trump that for the life of me, and I try to tell my Trump supporting friends this. When you are the president of the United States, you're in charge of everybody. And when you're actively rooting against half of America, there's going to be repercussions. Mm -hmm. Right. Joe Biden didn't go out there like screw Trump supporters. No, he tried to. I mean, I'm sure he didn't get any of them, but but you have to try. As the president, you have to be the president of everybody, and it's something that Trump just didn't do, and it's the reason why he lost. I think so many people, independents especially, were just like, this is this is tiresome.
1: Yeah, it was It was partially, um, and a lot of people say the media made it tiresome, which I agree with to some level. A lot of the time when I turn on the news during I'll the Trump- I'll grant you
0: that. I'll During grant the Trump, you that. Yeah, the
1: Trump years, they were, they'd be like, look what Trump said today. And it would be, it would honestly be as pointless as when they made a big deal about Obama wearing the tan suit. I was just like, if I, if, even if it was on CNN or MSNBC, anything, um, I'd be like, why is this news? Like, this is Kardashian level, yeah, like tabloid TMZ type news. Like, and, and it probably gets clicks. It, it, it gets people riled up, but. That's the most irritating thing when like big cable news stations that are supposed to have, in my opinion, a level of integrity and are almost, uh, uh, an impactful service to the nation go down just like the, the cash grabs or the easy targets and stuff like that. And just headline do you remember, stuff. Do you remember in early 2017, the story about
0: him getting rid of the Martin Luther King bust?
1: Yes, I did and, remember
0: that in the white house. As it turned out, what they did was they took it from this room and they put it in that room. Mm-hmm. And so, again, irresponsible reporting, but I remember that being a story, and uh, there was a lot of stuff about Barron being autistic. And I, a lot of that stuff, Robbie, I'm like, you guys should be focused on one thing, the Russia investigation, mm-hmm. which if you're if you Red Muller's report, there was some work to be done by the Democrats, but they could have impeached him. Uh, they did impeach him, but they that could have been the end there. Secondly, the Ukraine call, the second impeachment that he suffered. They should have just focused on the two things that he illegally broke the law and derelicted on his duty. On all the other garbage, the Stormy Daniels stuff, who cares? Yeah, it's a distraction. Melania wearing a coat that says, I don't care. To Who cares? Yeah, it's Why all, are you it's focused all, on that?
1: It's also the big problem of just. I, I've actually seen and uh, I, I always think the Republican Party is extremely good at uniting and focusing on very specific issues, but also adding a lot more issues to like overwhelm people trying to like deal with it. And I feel like in this situation, Democratic reporting almost shot itself in the foot being like, yeah. now look at this. Now look at this. Now look at this. And no one could focus on one thing you for remember, it to actually develop and have an impact. Do you remember how they were keeping track of the Trump lies? Um, I, I, I always came across like updated lists of stuff that people had, but I, I didn't know there was an actual structured way of doing so.
0: Oh, yeah. Dude, they had a list. It was like I, I, I want to say he cracked like thirteen thousand, and it's like, well, what are you doing about it? That's great that you're keeping track of them all.
1: What are you doing about it? Nothing. A lot of the time, that's also one of the like the the one of the few times where people have actually been like confronted with, "What are you doing about it?" Because a lot of presidents have been like, "Oh, okay, yes, it was caught. I, I, I'm following a code of honor." Um, all right, I'll back down from this or something like that. And Trump th- kind of threw the presidential model out the window and everyone that was like, oh, we found this. Haha, uh-huh. you're gonna, you're gonna be, you're gonna do, our, you gonna follow our code of honor. And then he's like, no, I'll just, uh, I'll just keep doing my own thing. And then people are like, oh man, like, do we have to actually do something now? We, we, we put a picture in front of him and he didn't respond. I didn't plan anything beyond this. According to
0: WAPO, the Washington Post, Trump's false or misleading claims totaled 30,573 over four years. Congratulations to the Washington Post for keeping track of that. That produced zero for this country.
1: (laughs) What? Could you imagine just, like, how much torture they put on an intern who had to track everything he said? Imagine? That's got to be the worst job ever. But I
0: remember when they got to a 1,000, and I thought, does he win something for this? Like, what? what is the point of tracking the lies? Most politicians are misleading or deceitful. Yes. So what? That is politics. So Focus in on the illegal things and do something about it. All right. Um. Here is uh, some explanation about again. You sort of brought up the idea of why didn't Trump bring in the National Guard? I mentioned it was Pence, uh, and here is the Secretary of Defense talking.
3: Not about. only did President Trump refuse to tell the mob to leave the Capitol, he placed no call to any element of the United States government to instruct that the Capitol be defended. He did not call his Secretary of Defense on January sixth. He did not talk to his attorney general. He did not talk to the Department of Homeland Security. President Trump gave no order to deploy the National Guard that day. And he made no effort to work with the Department of Justice to coordinate and deploy law enforcement assets. But Vice President Pence did each of those things. For example, here is what General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, testified to this committee.
4: There were th- uh, two or three calls with Vice President Pence. He was very animated, and he issued very explicit, uh, very direct, unambiguous orders. There was no question about that. And he, and he was and, — and, and I can get you the exact quotes, I guess, from some of our records somewhere. But he was very animated, very direct, very firm uh, and to Secretary Miller. Get the military down here, Get the guard down here put down this uh, situation, uh, et cetera.
3: By contrast, here is General Milley's description of his conversation with President Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, on January 6th.
4: He said, um, we, have, we have to kill the narrative that the vice president is making all the decisions. Uh, we need to establish the narrative that um, you know that the president is still in charge and that things are steady or stable or what's that yeah. thing. I immediately interpret that as politics, politics, politics. Uh, red flag for me personally. No action, but I remember it
0: distinctly. So there you have it. Uh, it was Mike Pence to the rescue. Mike Pence was the one who ended up saving himself and everybody in Congress. And so, Correct. again, very damning information about the president of the United States here.
1: I also saw um, uh, that I'm kind of playing devil's advocate. Yesterday on Fox News, they had a couple people saying, uh, one of which was the former president, uh, capitol police chief trying to set the record straight saying that they were in touch with pelosi and like you said pelosi's obviously in the middle of uh everything that's going on so i'm trying to maybe get some information a little bit more information on that because i know that might be something that other people have heard but yeah just the fact that uh, pence was obviously in what i would call a clearer mindset uh that day and having um some aspect of a solid character and and being the one to pull the trigger on, well, weird terminology for that day, but like going ahead and getting the National Guard in there. Um, it it's, it's something that I think really needs to be talked a little bit more, a lot more about that. It was just a colossal failure in, um, it actually exposed a lot regarding what I think is like the ability of a president to, take in action potentially with the motivation of being like a domestic threat to opposition um which i think is the scariest thing because you know we've got these checks and balances for a reason um and when you're almost using that power and let's not get it confused a lot of these people even on the democratic side are just masters at covering their own asses like making sure they don't say anything too blatant but that you can connect the dots later if you really want to dive into it um and i think this this january 6th trial is just the first stepping stone stone to correcting a lot of the things that this exposed um which a lot of other things as well need to be kind of modernized but getting that understanding of what an actual threat could look like in this situation is, is one of the, one of the biggest uh, hopeful results of this um, as well as, you know, holding the people that caused all this uh, responsible um, it's, 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 I I keep thinking back to when I was watching it and I just think, thought it was the most disgusting thing I'd ever seen. Um, But that's kind of where I was. Um, It, 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 it really like r- gets me really frustrated that, w- that this is such a, such uh, almost like a politicized issue storming the government. Oh, Some people, don't... I think it's uh, stunningly ridiculous. Yeah. That
0: anybody, I mean, again, it's, it's like you could be a Republican. You, you don't have to own this. You weren't a part of this. You, if you, if you weren't Mo Brooks or Jim Jordan or Lauren Bulbert. Or one of the um, one of the members of Congress who were giving tours to the people who were going to be the actual insurrectionists. Now, again, I'll point out there were a lot of people there. They were not all in on the plan. Oh, uh, a yeah. select amount of people who knew what was going on and everybody else just sort of followed, which I think was also part of the plan.
1: Yeah, there. I, I saw a lot of videos posted on Twitter of people kind of realizing, like almost having moments of clarity outside. Even one guy who was uh, like they were breaking through windows and another guy was like trying to get the attention of the police officers near him. He was yelling like he's like, these people are going to hurt people. Like you need to stop what's going on while these people are breaking through windows. And it it does show like there's there's that emotional connection to um, a political agenda that's very separate from, um, the actual harmful motivations that a lot of these people feel and have, which is why they all, and uh, obviously there's a higher concentration of those people that really love Trump because, and that's why he's really able to get a lot of people to go to any rally whatsoever. Um, it's a cult. I oh, dude. it's a cult. It's and, and listen, I know, I
0: know, and I know you don't care, but I'm sure some of them would be offended by that. He's hailed as a cult hero. If you would die for that guy, or you would break the law and try to over it's a cult. That's literally what a cult is. He okay. told you we had to go to the Capitol and make Pence do the right thing or hang him. And the people were like, Yeah, let's do it. That's a cult.
1: There is uh advertised almost every commercial break um on fox news it's a commercial about like do you remember zoo books yes. like uh, uh yeah they'd come on and be like hey zoo books for kids get a taste of uh, of the wild and stuff they've got something like that it's called the kid's guide to president trump and it, it is literally if if i've ever seen such a blatant like cult advertisement it's like it's like uh, it's, it's find the right way to raise your kids, to understand the, the, the words of Donald Trump and how he was uh, patronized by the, by the uh, leftist agenda and stuff like that. And I'm just watching it thinking, this is the most like this. I I feel like I'm on the Truman show almost like they're trying to push just to see how far I can accept this reality. Like it is just, astonishing to see that it, it's i and when people are like oh like just look at the propaganda from the left left i'm like i don't think we ever put out like like hey teach your kids about like our lord and savior barack obama like we like obama we like support right. him and stuff but like i'm not i'm not bro how quick did they kick al frank into the curb who didn't yeah. love that guy mm-hmm.
0: right they forced him out forced that guy out
1: Yeah, it's because that was the
0: right thing to do. Like, I don't know where the Republican Party went wrong. You know, listen, growing up, like I I said, uh, I remember the Iran-Contra hearings. I actually bought an Oliver North for President t-shirt because I thought that guy was great. That guy basically bit the bullet for President Reagan and everybody knew Reagan knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. I named my daughter Reagan anyway, okay? Now, I will say this. In my lifetime, outside of that Oliver North t-shirt, I bought a John McCain hat in 2008. I like John McCain a lot. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite Americans of the 21st century. I bought a cap, just a singular cap. I wasn't like, there weren't flags. I wasn't screaming at people's faces. He's just a politician. He was the guy I thought deserved that top spot.
1: Mm-hmm. And the back of your cap didn't say, lions don't care about the opinions of sheep.
0: <laughs> right? You know what my favorite thing from the riots of, of 20, uh, 2020 were? Was that when the
1: riots were 2020? 2020, wait, like which riots? It was
0: 2020, the the George Floyd-related riots.
1: Oh, yeah, okay, okay.
0: I saw pictures of buildings and cities, right, being burned to the ground, maybe Antifa in the picture or whatever, and it was like, this is Joe Biden's America. No more bullshit. Trump 2020, and it's like, no, this is actually Trump's America, you moron. Mm -hmm. And he's mishandling it. And if he were a good president, that wouldn't have never happened. He would have spoke out and said some comforting words to keep the country from tearing itself apart. But that wasn't his plan.
1: Yeah, they're both people. They're bad people on both sides.
0: Also, let's clarify the idea of this being a dust up or spontaneous violence.
3: Multiple members of two groups, the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys have been charged with this crime for their involvement in the events leading up to and on January 6th. Some have pled guilty. The attack on our Capitol was not a spontaneous riot. Intelligence available before January 6th identified plans to, quote, invade the Capitol, occupy the Capitol, and take other steps to halt Congress's count of electoral votes that day. In our hearings to come, we will identify elements of those plans, and we will show specifically how a group of Proud Boys led a mob into the Capitol building on January 6th.
0: Do you remember the movie The Rock with Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery? Maybe one of the greatest movies, I think, of all time.
1: I actually saw that for the first time like three months ago. So, yes, I do remember The Rock. I'm so
0: glad you did. It's one of my all time favorites. Now, there's a scene in the movie where after they've taken the hostages, uh and uh General Harris uh fires the missile towards San Francisco he changes the coordinates it crashes to the ground and his men are upset mm-hmm. and he was like, listen, they called our bluff the mission's over. there's no fucking money right and and then right stand down captain and boom they didn't like that. The question I've heard from a lot of people in regards to, And you mentioned it earlier, what was their plan going to be if they occupied the Capitol? Just because they poorly executed their coup attempt, just because they didn't bring nearly enough weapons or handcuffs, just because one police officer tricked them into going up two more flights of stairs when everybody was right to the right of those idiots, Mm -hmm. just because it was poorly planned and poorly carried out. Does it make it not a coup? It doesn't make it any less severe. I don't know what the plan was going to be after that. I, I mean, I have a good feeling we're going to well, find people, out.
1: People did have explosives also that were seized.
0: And and here's the other thing. I brought this up with my friends this morning. That noose that was set up on the wooden platform, on the plank, the, I mean – that wasn't like an IKEA assembled that morning thing that was built. You don't think they were really gonna kill Mike Pence if they could get their hands on him? The president literally said deserves it. Arguably Again, those though. are his those are his words. And whether somebody was gonna carry it out or not, that was the intent. And that's what we're looking at here. It's like, well, they didn't, they didn't uh overtake the Capitol. Well, of course they didn't. But that doesn't make it any less severe. If I put a gun to your face, Robbie, and I pull the trigger and you don't die, I'm not going to go to the like, look, I shot him, die. Not a big deal. That's
1: it's called attempted, a- attempted murder. Attempted murder,
0: yeah. Right. So an attempted coup is just a shitty coup that you couldn't complete. Make no mistake about it. Here's more from Liz Cheney. You will
3: hear that President Trump was yelling and, quote, really angry at advisors who told him he needed to be doing something more. And aware of the rioters' chance to hang Mike Pence, the president responded with this sentiment, quote, maybe our supporters have the right idea. Mike Pence, quote, deserves it.
1: Yep, that's, uh, it's, it's rhetoric, Joe (laughs) that's that's America's problem the Democrats can't use rhetoric but we can listen here's the here's the thing
0: I understand a lot of people are over the liberals and they're tired of all the liberal. I get it I get it right the all this stuff with with transgendered people and the 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 pronouns I under it's always something new that we're saying or doing wrong I get it I understand that Uh, people feel like, uh, liberals are more concerned with immigrants because they're trying to change the demographics of the country so that they win all their, I, I, if that's what you believe, that's what you believe. But the fact of the matter is after one evening of this, the Democrats have laid out. Well, I'm not going to say the Democrats, the Democrats and the two traitor Republicans. (laughs) That's not my words. That's theirs. Also, Um,
1: traitor Republicans could also be easily considered more traditional Republican party members (laughs) as opposed to bad shit like now super far right members, which have all unified and found positions in the high up. Now,
0: I'll give you the last great line uh, from the hearings. This once again is Liz Cheney. And here she is calling out her colleagues.
3: In our country, we don't swear an oath to an individual or a political party. We take our oath to defend the United States Constitution. And that oath must mean something. Tonight, I say this to my Republican colleagues who are defending the indefensible. There will come a day when Donald Trump is gone, but your dishonor will remain.
1: Whoa. Ouch. Yep. Could you imagine the impact that would have if they had feelings? Imagine if they had feelings
0: and integrity. Yes. Again, meanwhile, she's almost guaranteed at this point she's going to be primaried out this August and will no longer be the congresswoman representing the state of Wyoming. Yeah. All because she doesn't want to take part in your stupid cult. The one person with integrity in the Republican Party. Adam Adam Kissinger obviously being a close second. There's not really anybody else.
1: Well, also when you talk about integrity in the Republican party, one of the last members with that integrity was the reason why Trump didn't win Arizona. So, like you said earlier, John McCain, uh like you don't want to shit on a guy who's actually been pretty insightful and pretty middle of the, or at least being able to converse on both ends of the road. Actually on that topic, I remember when um when he was campaigning against Obama and uh someone in the um crowd was saying like, oh he's like a like Obama's a Muslim and then John McCain literally like calmed down people. He was like, now that's not that's not true. He's he's an American and uh he's he's actually like a very intelligent intelligent kind person and uh, we're gonna defeat him uh as we can, and ever like people started booing him. It's just yeah, like-
0: right. He said, I, I'll never forget that. I'm glad you brought that up, Robbie. It's one of my favorite moments from John McCain's career. He he actually called Obama a decent person. Mm-hmm. Understand from his generation, that's about as high a compliment as you can give somebody. He's a yeah. decent person, he's not a Muslim, ma'am. We have different views politically. Okay, we want the same things for America, just different ideas how to get there. And you're absolutely right. He got booed, and I'll remember. I, I I tell people I've been asking people for the last five years to listen to John McCain's concession speech, the night Obama won. It was one of the greatest speeches of the 21st century. John McCain. Rem- John John McCain gonna take that down. Basically, explained that we're all Americans, and that it doesn't matter what your politics are. That we're all working and we have to work together mm-hmm. as as a people if we're ever going to move forward. And people were upset with him that night too. He said we need to support Obama, and they were like, "Boo!" And it's like, dude, dude, he hasn't even gotten in office yet. What are you booing? And I'll be honest, again, I voted for McCain. I wasn't an Obama fan, and I thought, and and Obama uh, McCain acknowledged the history of the first African American president. That was a good sign for America. Like he actually as a, as a, understood again, it with clear perspective. As a hat-owning McCain supporter, I heard his words, and it wasn't why well, I already was aware, of, hey, look, you know, he lost. A, this is a historical race regardless. Mm-hmm. And 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 probably nobody would have handled it better or with as much class as John McCain did. And I appreciated that he
1: did that. Handling a lot of things with, Almost uh, an almost unexpected now level of class and intelligence and. Just, uh, How about when he maturity? saved Obamacare with. The... Oh, it, well, uh, not even just like the. Boop.
0: Yeah. And then, like you said, uh, from the grave, got him in Arizona uh, in the mm-hmm. 2020
1: election. Yeah, man, don't. Uh, maybe, again, maybe, maybe. Well, that's honestly probably. I, I don't think it was as much um, like the 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 Trump emotion as it was at one point when Trump said, uh, "You know, I like I like soldiers who didn't get caught when they were talking about McCain being a prisoner of war," and I was just like, "Like, careful, like how you cross the aisle there." Uh, Because that's going to come back Like you're still on your way up If you fall down like that's going to be a reason why I was shocked that That wasn't the end of Donald Trump To be
0: honest and I'll tell you this Listen I've always been a fan of Donald Trump Before he got into politics Mm -hmm. I find him to be a very Likeable character I enjoyed The Apprentice Very much I've been following Trump Since the early 80s when he was with His first wife uh and when he had no children i mean i i've been aware of this guy for a long time well he's been a pop culture icon for a real long time you know yeah and uh home alone too yeah of course dude and you look like macaulay culkin which just makes that extra fun for everybody yeah I've heard um, that a million hopefully times. hopefully you're watching the video version of this and not just listening to the audio because robbie looks like adult macaulay culkin
1: I really embraces hope I, that, and I really hope I can that. find the 10 people that find that attractive.
0: <laughs> dude, there's got to be a couple of groupies out there who would be like, this guy will do. Mm-hmm. He's the next best thing to Macaulay Culkin.
1: <laughs> anyway. And, uh, great advertising.
0: I, for four years, dude, I thought to myself, man, if anybody can like get the country to get over itself, it's Donald Trump. Like, he, because he's so inconsistent, he could at any point in, in his term come out and be like, all right, I'm going to start acting normal like everybody wants. And he just never did it. Yeah. But there were so many opportunities to with natural disasters and fires where he could have said smart, sensitive, heartwarming, unifying things. I'm not even talking about Charlottesville or anything like the bad stuff but like moments where you want the president to come in and not hurl paper towels at Puerto Ricans you know what i mean
1: Mhm
0: and it's like dude this guy just could never wrap his mind around how to be a normal human being
1: Yeah that's uh, on on that kind of topic I've always had this view starting at the 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 Clinton Trump presidential race For Democrats we essentially um well i i just said uh we like because in this case i voted for hillary i i, I hated both options but that, i also voted for hillary and i blame trump fact. for making me do it okay that's exactly it i was saying i was gonna say democrats put hillary probably the only person that or probably the most likely person to lose to Trump they had her and end up going against him like on like I, I, I think Trump really got a lot out of Hillary's like corrupt like controversy or corruption like conspiracy stuff that a lot of people don't like Hillary because of also because like she went back to Bill Clinton that's an, an older thing but like honestly like the integrity aspect of clinton was bad and right when she beat uh bernie sanders for uh to be the um uh, the democratic candidate i was like this is the i could see trump losing to hillary even though everyone was being like we're gonna have our first woman president and i was like uh i got a feeling like this could go sour just based on how much like how much ammo there is for trump against hillary like it was just like just loading loading Clips into his gun to just keep firing off. Whereas, like, I mean, I I don't support everything that Bernie Sanders did, but like, there's very little for Trump to go off of that Sanders probably couldn't have responded to. And then that, so that was an opportunity for, that was almost like an easy opportunity for the Democratic side that they just missed. And then the Republicans were presented with an unbelievable opportunity to get a lot of Democrats over to the Republican side with this unusual, not, not, typical political presence. But then he just kept being just kind of a dick and like just saying wrong things without ever getting like any like blowback. So people just got annoyed by it. So then that was a missed opportunity. And then the Democrats have the opportunity to be like, all right, yeah, this is like one of the best opportunities to take it back. And we can actually have an impact. We got like the house, the Senate, and we, elected biden who is also just another person to fuel the hatred against the democratic party it's like they have so many opportunities to just hit a hit a home run and they're too busy thinking about running the bases to hit the ball yeah it it's nice just that is one of the most irritating things there's no like planning ahead it's just like oh we could we could do this right now or uh and then instead of solidifying the next like 10 years or 20 years for your side they're just throwing people to keep actually which might not be a bad thing because people just keep going back and forth so there's never any like Far leading one side, but now it's just like everyone, everyone in power is so far over to one side and so divided that everyone who's actually voting is typically not relating to that and no one's really represented the whitewater investigation
0: in the bill Clinton started in 1994. And in 1996, the Republicans ran Bob Dole, who was like 105 and on Viagra against Bill Clinton, who easily won reelection. And I felt like the Republicans rolled over and handed the election to the Democrats like let's not run anybody good. They're going to lose to Bill Clinton, even though he's under investigation. He's going to win. When they ran Trump against Hillary, I I kind of felt before I kind of started getting into Hillary a little bit and reading up on her and realizing a lot of the stuff that we were told especially by Fox News wasn't true. Yeah. Um yeah. I that's why I eventually decided to vote for her because um I thought there's no way Trump's going to win. What a joke this is. There were 17 Republican candidates when that thing started and I would have voted for 15 of them. And he was one of the two I wouldn't vote for under any circumstances.
1: Do you remember who the other was? Carly Fiorina. I completely forgot about her, but yeah, that makes sense. Remember Uh, how back in the day. Or as
0: Trump called her, (laughs) Dogface.
1: Remember back when W, before W's administration came in and everyone was like, oh, we expect Jeb to be president and not George W. And then Jeb just gets blown out. Yeah. yeah. like That's, that's the difference that two administrations will have on how people think it was literally W Obama. And then Jeb had no chance after those two people went in, he just got, he just got put, put up against someone he didn't know how to handle, which is what I think yeah. a lot of people are experiencing. Like people didn't know how to handle Trump. So it's like, Oh, he's something new. So like, we're going to be able to really take over because nobody knows how to handle him. I didn't want
0: to make this like an anti-Republican episode. And it's kind of turned into that a little bit. So because of that, I'm going to play a video, the <laughs> Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing a podcast together and they're talking about gun control. And I don't know if you know, Jamie Raskin uh, Senator from Maryland. He's a constitutional attorney. I guess his his son killed himself. Um, Uh, With a gun some years ago. Okay. And this is them trying to explain why Jamie Raskin is so crazy about gun control. Like pretending that all the school shootings of the last decade didn't happen. This is mind-blowing. What I
5: worry about with Raskin in all seriousness, you know, um, when people encounter trauma, they often associate a lot of the other things around that trauma yeah. with it, even if they don't naturally or or even rationally associate. Maybe so. And and what I what I worry about for the Congress and for for uh, Jamie Raskin, you know, no one would ever want to lose a child, particularly uh, no, to suicide. Of and course not. As a human being, we actually we our hearts go out to him. But yeah, I think that he takes that trauma and he associates it now with his work in the Congress to such such an interwoven way that he's yeah. unable to kind of do the congressional experience outside of the just the dungeon of that personal trauma and I think it makes him look at at everything in these very like dark and severe ways yeah. where you know we try to come to the job really to uplift people to We're show here to folks, serve the people. Well and we we yeah. love this country. Absolutely. We're not here out of a sense of of grievance or hatred. We no, love America. We love it. And we want to vindicate the yes. rights of our citizens and we want to champion their causes That's and right. battle their dislikes. But I think for Jamie Raskin it's it's really like his service in the Congress has almost become like inextricably uh attached to this this sad personal trauma he's had yeah. and, and I think it does cloud his judgment. Uh, And we could see that that very darkness and that pain manifest on on Thursday in a way that's not particularly relevant to the challenges that we've talked about, but that might be like deeply relevant to to what he's going through. And and we we certainly have to go through all that. No, my goodness. Well, it's a horrible
4: thing (sighs) uh, what he went through, but. It doesn't change the fact of uh, his political beliefs. And I I believe he's a communist and I believe what he's doing uh, on the January 6th committee is completely wrong.
0: Wow. The country shouldn't have to go through this with him as he works out whatever he's going through because of the loss of his son. Can you imagine a guy who is under investigation for sex with minors?
2: I was going to say, ta- talk about nasty. understanding
0: trauma. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um. And I. Uh. she thinks he's a communist. I'm sure her heart really goes out to that guy. Jamie Raskin is not a communist. Marjorie Taylor Greene is a fucking idiot. Now, just further proof that the Republicans are so full of shit and really at this point will go to, to no lengths, especially to protect the gun lobby, uh here's here 's a Republican congressman explaining the gun problems we're having of late. The truth
5: is that guns have always been readily available in this country, but mass shootings and in particular mass shootings of schools were not existent or at least extremely rare until they became a grisly recent phenomenon. so what's changed in the last fifty years there's been a noticeable breakdown of the family there's been an erosion of faith, and there's been a seismic drop in social interactions in large measure due to the overuse of these dang s- smartphones and the proliferation of social media, which is probably better described as anti-social media. Senseless mass shootings are not committed by well-adjusted, successful, socially polished people. Mm-hmm. They're committed by disturbed, yep. unstable I mean, owners to say, Robbie, with metal can get are you
0: Yeah, he's blamed the shootings on smartphones
1: can we also uh, then respond with the fact that they put like a verizon exec in charge of the fcc and essentially open the floodgates for all kind of like like there is no digital protections right now because it's all been like the money that has been pumped into the government to avoid adding like an american version of gdpr protections for content that's all been thrown to the side and yet they're still talking like that so many issues that they don't want to address are caused by other issues that they don't want to address. And they're like, we have to find the solution. But then they keep going back to um, which pisses me off. It's just like the breakdown of families and uh, the breakdown of religion or faith. It's like, okay, so obviously you have an idea of how things work well, But it's based on the complete disregard for free choice and free will. It's like, we need more faith. We need more. It's like, okay, we need an understanding of how our country has changed fundamentally, how demographics have changed. Like, no one's coming after your culture. It's just like, there's a lot of different cultures involved and just because they don't share those cultures doesn't mean that's the reason why like these shootings have happened i think there's a lot of things that can be addressed mental health is a huge one but then again um when, whenever they tell like mental health or just like social media and stuff, I think honestly that's social media, I think is very detrimental. Like, like I share a lot of funny stuff with my mom and I'm like, oh, I got this from Reddit and she's like, oh, should I get Reddit? I'm just like, no, it is honestly one of the worst things that you can ever like introduce to your life. Like I, I spend a lot of time filtering out stuff that's on Reddit just because it's absolute trash. But I feel like a lot of people don't understand how to do that or really care about it. Um, so I do think there is an aspect of that that does have a negative impact on people. But the fact that they're using that as the excuse to not have gun control, but then it's like, okay, let's put this into place because this is what you argue. They're like, no, 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 we can't do that because now we're we're censoring things or now we're we're infringing on other freedoms. Um, there's a so many more like we could branch off on this for a, a lot of time, but it's, that's what really irritates me. Um, and, and there's so many clips of older people in the government, just not understanding how internet works and not having an actual level of perspective that can apply to this simply because it doesn't involve their life. Their life is literally so packed with uh, uh, being an, a government official that it almost separates you from the reality of things and doesn't really have the perspective needed to, address these situations it's almost like doing their job almost makes them less capable of doing their job which is extremely tough for, um when it comes to us being citizens trying to deal with the the fallout from all that um you
0: know um i had a video and uh there was a copyright on it so i couldn't i couldn't play it here today but steve scalise the congressman from louisiana who was shot at that baseball game a few years ago uh, I don't know if you remember the, the Bernie supporter who was shooting while the Republicans were practicing for their baseball team and Steve Scalise got shot. Now, Stephen Scalise recently said, and this would have been the video you would have heard, you know, we didn't ban airplanes after 9-11. And he's absolutely correct. Here's what we did do. <laughs> we 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 made a list. And so certain people can't fly. They can't even get on the airplane. Right. Uh we put more law enforcement officials on flights, right? With the air marshal program. We've made sure that cockpit doors are impenetrable from the outside. Mm-hmm. You have to take off your shoes and your belt and go through a, a scanner. So we've well, done the, a lot. We've done a lot since nine yeah. eleven to prevent another nine eleven. And there have been someone who have been shot and to be that obtuse. Is is I mean Steve Scalise to me is one of the top five scummiest scumbag Republicans that there are, and again to look into a camera knowing he got shot due to political violence, and to act like guns aren't the problem, idiot.
1: Yeah, I I when people so I'm I'm actually against like a full ban on guns. I don't think that's the right way to approach it but i don't i don't want to ban guns it's uh, so actually you know uh, let me let me clarify my point on this like i used to be more in favor of it but i've also come to think more of just like of the 10 like the the inalienable uh, excuse me the 10 inalienable inalienable rights on the bill of rights the second one is where guns come in and i'm just like I understand how the world has changed, but if you want to do a full ban, you essentially have to admit to fundamentally changing the core structure of what America was built on. So I I understand that that's why I'm like, okay, so we have to at least, if we're going to keep America as it was originally uh, created or written out, Um, then we at least have to start going down other avenues to do this, make it, I I mean, I I think there's a million ways that we can legitimately address this to at least bring the numbers down. Yeah. Um, I mean, they say, why does this not happen in any other country? I don't think any other country has like guns written into the foundation of like the rights for people. So there's that difference as well. And we're just, it's, it's a difference that our country has to own and actually kind of respect, but it's not being respected if because we don't want to do anything to guns, we're literally taking away other people's life, liberty and their pursuit of happiness because they can't survive a damn day when they're just going to school um, or just walking about or just going to church or just being a black person. Like if one is, if one right is removing another right of somebody, then that has to be addressed. So that's not like, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine a world where those two aren't butting heads, but it's not difficult to imagine solutions or at least attempts to mitigate the problems that we're dealing with or at least reduce the problems that we're dealing with, which I really don't think is more added police, which I hear that Uvalde has already started doing. They've like been adding more police. Um, and there was a really great 30-minute uh, piece from uh last week tonight with john oliver about school police and i think actually we said this last week on the on the podcast or i talked about the things that i had concerns about with school police officers like uh higher exposure to just you know like law enforcement or armed guards um uh more juvenile records and that's exactly what ended up being the case and a lot of uh There was actually even a case where a girl replicated a science experiment. This is what I got from uh, John Oliver, where she replicated a a science experiment that she had learned. And it caused like a chemical reaction, just like to pop the top off of a bottle. And she got two felony charges for causing an explosion in school. The felony charges were dropped immediately once they got into like the, once the, the charges were handed to a court, but the arrest is still on her record for all time. And she has to check off those boxes. Like, have you ever been arrested for like a college application or a school application or a, um, like a, uh, just a job application. I think jobs are usually more like, have you been, uh, um, uh, have you committed any felonies or been uh, proven guilty on any felonies, but for the school thing where it says, have you ever been arrested? Yeah, that's a, that's a, an incident that shouldn't have happened that got escalated from, a uh, uh, a, a resource officer and then added this permanent arrest record to her entire record. And before she could even before she was even 18. It's just absolutely ridiculous that like we have to deal with that. And there's a million other examples, but I, I think background checks, um, even like age requirements, like, I mean, we're, we've done it with alcohol and cigarettes and I'm sure there are people that can handle alcohol and cigarettes responsibly, but they still can't get them until they're 21 and guns could be the very same thing. Just, just, start taking baby steps and see where it goes when we're doing nothing or when we're just talking at a wall, essentially yelling at a wall and not getting anything done. Then obviously that's the reason why people aren't surprised that these things keep happening. No one's like your thoughts and prayers. Like it's a tragedy. It's like, stop saying like it irritates me so much when people come out, it's like, and they're crying on TV. Like I understand if the parents are crying and stuff, but if like politicians are like sobbing, it's just like, I'm, I'm in my chair and people are like, did you hear about the shooting? And I'm just like, like, is there anything unusual in the news? Like, like, I don't want to sound like I'm like, I'm a a heartless person, but legitimately in this country, it's gotten to the point where I'm like, uh, okay, like, I I understand. Like, I kind of look at things. I don't look at things typically with a cynical point of view. I try to take a realistic approach. And right now in this country, me thinking realistically, I'm just like, oh yeah, that's, uh, that, that, that really sucks that it happened again. Like it, it, it tears me apart. If I ever had to deal with it, I'd be absolutely distraught, but it's not unexpected now. It's not a surprise. Um, which I I think is just absolutely infuriating that we haven't even, that we've gotten to this point and accepted that without even taking any steps to try and curb the issue. So
0: I don't like group punishment Right Again, the idea of just banning guns unilaterally makes zero sense to me. The people that handle their guns and keep their guns locked up and and do all the right things and are generally would be fine with a national registry or whatever have you, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is important, especially I think where police are involved. And I see now they're trying to pass... uh, you know, where where if there's a domestic violence situation, you'll have your guns taken away for 48 hours. Those are all really good ideas. And I think any legit legal on the up and up gun owner shouldn't have any issue with that. And if you do, you're probably the guy we're talking about. Yeah. I don't pretend to have the answers here, Robbie. I, I, I think that you can't have a debate about guns and refuse to talk about guns, though. Right. I don't know. I don't know exactly what can be done to limit getting the guns in the hands of people that it shouldn't. But to to suggest that that's not even a topic for debate by the Republicans, again, is intellectually dishonest and shows where their priorities are.
1: And whenever there is a gun related incident, you can talk about everything but then when you start to actually talk about guns they're like oh you're politicizing a tragedy and that like everyone's just like you have your political agenda it's like no we're like these reporters are asking questions about what will be done are guns going to be involved like why why is this such a, a pressing issue and why does it keep happening and just asking very open ended questions A lot of people are like, oh, well, you've got your political agenda. Like, I'm not going to feed into this. I'm going to get away from this. like, this is an ambush or something. And I'm just like, they're. The. It's just. I'm a Patriots fan and Belichick can always come up to the podium and just say absolutely nothing. And everyone's just like, Okay, well, at least we're not. At least he's not like weaseling his way around it. He's just like, you know. Um, like even if someone was just like, Hey, are we going to ban guns? And then they were just like, you know, every, uh, every decision we make is going to be a decision for the people. Like, that's it. That's essentially what Belichick does. And people are like, Oh, well, you know, we usually don't get anything from him. So, yeah. Um, but just being like, uh, what are you going to do about the guns? It's like, Oh, well, I'm not going to take this interview anymore because you've got your own political agenda. And I'm just like, no, that's such a, such, it's, it's such a weak minded like exposing response. I, I have people say
0: that to me all the time about my political agenda. And I'm like, what's my political agenda. Right. Most people are Mm. like, ah, you're a liberal. I'm not. So you don't know what my, uh, you don't know what my party is. So how can you know what my agenda is? I'm after one thing. I'm, I'm after one
1: thing factual information that's what i live by Mm -hmm. on that side like it's it's it would be good for us to clarify uh uh, an hour and a quarter into this podcast that typically when we say republican or democrat it's more highlighting like the stereotypical kind of far-ended sides of like both a lot of like if I were talking about like my friends in public and I was like, oh, he's a Republican. I wouldn't I wouldn't want that to signify being like super far to the right or super or like, oh, he's a Democrat being like, oh, he's he's the most liberal snowflake ever that there ever was. He like th- he takes offense to everything. Usually if I'm saying, oh, I've, I've got a friend who's a Democrat. It's usually like, oh, he's actually pretty middle of the road. But like if you put him on a scale, he'd be falling to the left. Um That kind of situation so if we're if you're getting angry or if anyone who listens is like oh they keep using republican and i'm a republican but i'm not a part of this party it's like it's more so referencing like as the stereotypical batshit insane either msnbc or fox news kind of republicans and democrats even though msnbc is kind of marginally less insane than fox news i would admit but you know they they, they, Well, it's just like the
0: all guys are scum and some guys get upset by that. And it's like, if you're not scum, then you shouldn't take offense by it. She's not talking about you.
1: Yeah.
2: I kind
0: of roll with stuff, dude. I mean, I, you know, look at the end of the day, I'm a straight white male. I live in a suburb of Hartford. Life's pretty good. It doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter who's on the Supreme Court. I rarely get tickets. You know, I could afford pretty much anything I want. I don't have any real issues. I've never not gotten a job that I wanted. I don't know what that's like. I've never been turned down for a loan. I don't really have any complaints. I've never been sexually harassed. So I can believe that. Thank you. It's easy for me. It's easy for me to just glide through life because you know, doors have just always kind of opened for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. so, right, it's it's not on me to be like, listen, black women, you got... I don't know. I don't know what that's like for other people, and I, I don't pretend to know. And I don't pretend to tell people, just do what I'm doing. I don't tell people to suck it up, buttercup, because I don't think any of that... Again, I'm a I'm a case-by-case kind of
1: guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, whenever... Even when I'm talking with, uh, say, my my grandpa, who's more right wing or anyone else, they're like, uh, did you hear about this story or did you hear about like um, like the Hillary Clinton related Russia probe that they set up? And I'm just like, is Hillary Clinton directly involved or uh, what was the probe related to or like um, uh, uh, actually more recently when um, uh, the FBI kind of. Arrested Navarro. Um, like they're publicized, like making it very public that he was like put in like ankle chains and stuff because he was held in contempt of Congress. And then during the Obama era, um, Eric Holder, yeah, Eric Holder was held in contem- contempt of Congress and didn't receive the same treatment. I was uh, at, at that point, I, my first question was like, what was he held in contempt of Congress for? because I was thinking I'm sure it wasn't related to inciting what's being called an insurrection storming right? the capital. It was right. It, it turned out to be about um, like a sell it, like giving or selling weapons to track. Uh, um. Oh, the sales. fast and
0: the furious. Yeah. The
1: fast and furious. And I was just like, so pretty much what g- the government's been doing for what? 50 more years than that as well. Like, yeah. I understand it, but no offense as far as like the CIA, maybe the, like those big organizations, that's kind of like their morning coffee. Yeah. Obviously being contempt of Congress isn't good, but when it's again, overthrowing an election, then the false equivalency equivalency is
0: a, is a big thing on the right. Mm -hmm. Again, they don't, why are we talking about January 6th? We should be talking about inflation what like i don't even understand that logic again like, the, or, or
2: the or like, idea what?
0: that like we're not doing anything about inflation because this
1: why are we why are we giving money to ukraine we've got problems um you know who never attacked us in this issue russia putin hasn't bombed us once yet and i'm just like okay yeah but like you've realized that like hitler invaded poland and everyone else was, sh- and a lot of people were like, hey, their why, are we, why, are we, why are we getting involved in this? It's Poland. It's like, no, people like that who are power hungry and egotistical maniacs will continue going if not stopped. You're giving a mouse a cookie and Putin's a little squeaky little mouse with a lot of cookies right now and potentially cancer, allegedly. Oh, would not be nice. What, the cookies or the cancer?
0: The cookies. I love cookies. Yeah, yeah. It's mm. rare that I root for cancer. It's only happened a
1: couple of times. Yeah, I uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, but I'll have to dig through my old files to find the list of people that I support. No, I'm just kidding.
2: But actually, <laughs> when, you, when,
1: you, when you say you love cookies real quick, just going back, because I wanted to make this reference. When we were talking about, uh, it was during the, the Clinton and Trump uh, election runs, Uh, I think it was also on John Oliver. He was saying like, he was saying like, these candidates are like oatmeal raisin cookies and each raisin is a controversy. So sure, Hillary Clinton's got quite a few raisins in the cookie that she is, but here's Donald Trump's cookie and he just pulled a rope and like 50 pounds of raisins (laughs) just fell from the roof. I love that. I was like, okay, yes, there's stuff to be mad about both people, but like, Lot of controversial things that should be like, uh yeah, I get he's 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 a he's kind of maybe a little more cowboy-like. Also, I saw a thing that was like Trump is the Roosevelt of our generation, and I'm just like, You have no idea who Roosevelt was then. I god forbid, well, I dude,
0: sometimes people say things, and that offends me because I'm a big Teddy Roosevelt fan. Mm-hmm. I find that very absurd.
1: Yeah, I know, and it's just like no. Roosevelt's a very different person. That's like saying I'm the modern day Roosevelt because I'm white, which I would let me tell you something.
0: John McCain is the closest thing we've had to a Teddy Roosevelt since Teddy Roosevelt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a one of a kind dude, but yeah, no one gets even close. If anyone even says anything, they're either trying to pump somebody else's tires or pump their own tires because that's just completely false. Um, Roosevelt is just uh, an absolute anomaly in American history. And, and we're lucky enough that the GOP at the time was like, let's make him the vice president. So he can't do anything because he's a little too progressive. And then McKinley got shot. So <laughs> they shot themselves in the foot there as well. But this country hates progressives. Mm-hmm. With the exception of the insurance company, progressive is almost always negatively thought of in this country. I can't
0: understand that for the life of me. Why being progressive by wanting to move the country forward, why that's frowned upon. I'll never understand that. I've been wondering that for like 30 years now.
1: Because it's like Amber Heard. It's like I use progressive and socialist synonymously. It's like, oh, well, (laughs) the rest of the world doesn't.
0: Right. Right. Oh, good Lord. Oh boy. All right. Well, that is going to do it here for episode two. Uh, Make sure you follow us. We do have a Facebook page now officially. What else are we on? Are we
1: on the gram? Yeah. Yeah. We're on the gram. Uh, we got a Facebook page also um, YouTube channel. I don't know if we're going to be uploading just the audio or the videos as well, but we could do either one. Um, But yeah, those are the three all across the board. Uh, Just uh, following flames is the username at following flames or just following flames. Uh, yep. So we'll be uploading stuff pretty regularly there, and um, you can join us next week for for our anti Democrat side. Uh, That's podcast. right. Uh, We're gonna yeah.
0: bash. with the next week's about inflation and gas prices.
1: Oh yeah, it's gonna yeah, it's uh, it's very balanced week to week.
0: Yeah, listen, if we have to slap hard right and then slap hard left the next week, we'll do it.
1: We'll do it for you, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we treat we, we treat everyone equally. Even if one kid gets uh, starts acting up, we're gonna spank all of them.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh also by the time this comes out, you could also find us at Clovercrestmedia.com backslash following flames. I promise that'll happen for you. So if you click on that now, that's a real thing, and you'll be able to find anything else you want about this show. Until next week, I'm Joe Aguire. He's Robbie McCloskey. Thank you for following flames. We can expect another wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you don't have your home service for mosquito control and you find you're spending most of your outside time swatting those little pests, or you did have your yard sprayed but you still have bites all over your body, you're in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield Tailored Treatment System. All mosquito control service is not the same. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product, one-size-fits-all service program. You can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for the season whatever it takes to provide superior results. The promise has awarded them an industry-leading customer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCNCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade DeCesare and enjoy the rest of the summer mosquito free.